All respect to the past, the future is now. Tommy Frazier, who? It's Casey Thompson time. Whipping Mickey Joseph, gonna teach him to shine. This may be the most unbelievable night in Cornester football history. Shenander's got them black shirts looking clean, but Jason Pater might say it's time to get mean. Garrett Nelson and Luke Reimer gonna throw them bones and give us something positive to spit on these microphones. This show's for you, the best fans around. We are the Big Red Junkies, about to break it down. Well, that is our new intro, my man. Get it, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope that made some people laugh. Uh, We were kind of going for like a a Beastie Boys feel, like old school, you know, 90s rap type. With a little mixed in uh, 80s porno. Yeah, you know. Yeah. California love. <laughs> oh, man. It has been a long time. The last time we put out a show was in December, man. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's because it, the season always ends in December, unfortunately, for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just saying. Uh, man, well, at that end, I mean, both both of us, as we talked about a lot in the last episode, we were both pretty dejected leaving the, that, uh, the end of the last season. Yeah, it was tough. And, like, we went through, like, Change the studio, move in, the whole freaking thing. So it's back. It's time. We want, we, we've been getting hit up by multiple people to do an off-season show, do a little uh, you know preview work, do a little uh, talking about the changes and the, the transfer portal and all that jazz. So. Yep. Just, you know, sometimes schedules don't work out. Sometimes uh, certain people get on the overtime list at work and work 70, 60, 70 hours a week and can't really, don't have time to do other <laughs> stuff, but... That's life. Yeah. That's life. That's how it goes. Yep. Well, man, I am, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited. I think there's been a lot of change this offseason that I didn't see going as well as it's gone. Like, if, if there was a way for me to script the way that I thought the offseason should go, I don't know if it would have gone much different than it has. With what with new coaches okay. with with the new talent that's come in um yeah obviously we could always you know do an Alabama class of talent but no we I'm, can't <laughs> no, nobody can I'm, and that's not me saying anything about Nebraska N- nobody does oh i guess i guess Jimbo Fisher I was this year. <laughs> just going to say i mean Jimbo <laughs> Fisher apparently pays for all of his talent but but oh they're they're okay now though <laughs> sure, they're they're whatever. boys again whatever no they're not but yeah Saban got his shot in <laughs> if anything i think that that whole shit was orchestrated Oh, like, oh, yeah, let's just get two of the biggest guys in college football to start arguing about this so we can start talking about it again. No, the biggest thing that was nothing else to talk about. The biggest thing that was orchestrated about it was uh, who Saban said that in a room full of, uh, which was a bunch of Alabama boosters. And basically, he said, he's calling them out for not ponying up. Give me some more money, fools. Yeah, Yeah. that's all it was. Oh, that kid at Jackson State got paid a million dollars. Yeah. Well, you mean Alabama's head coach or uh, starting quarterback? Yeah, who, who had a million dollar deal before the season last season even started? Yeah, yeah. So whatever, you can say all you want to. It, it just like I said, it was just a call to arms for the Alabama boosters to give more money. Same thing. Ryan Day earlier this week did the exact same thing, where he came out and said that uh, in order, he told all the Ohio State people, in order for to keep this roster intact, the their collective is going to need thirteen million dollars a year. Jesus Christ! So basically, it was just hey. Open that pocketbook up a little Pony bit Pony up, boys. Absolutely. It's not all about season tickets anymore. No. It's about uh, the media rights, which will be coming up pretty soon. And then I think it'll be yeah. interesting, too, to find out what, it, what it's going to look like, that, that change in that landscape from I used to support this program by buying blocks of season tickets, and now my support for this program is going into your quarterback. Well, and not just that, but also the businesses that <laughs> bought sponsorships on certain things, whether it's on the big screen and the scoreboard or, oh, yeah. or a banner or whatever else, those businesses could be giving that money. Now my, now my banner's on the field. Well, no, not just that. I'm saying that money that could be going to the school from businesses is now going to be going to the collectives to yeah. be able to buy those players. Yeah. So how much is the school going to be? I'm not saying that the school's going to be going bankrupt by any means whatsoever because they're not, but... How much is are they going to be hurting 
cons- comparable to what they had been getting from again, whether it's boosters or the businesses for yeah. ad-, ad revenue. Well, that's I, I truly believe you're going to see ticket sales become a much more relevant conversation a couple years down the road from this when all that ad money is going to dudes on the field and not going into buying blocks of seats so you can take you know take your take your cronies out there and go have a you know a nice write off time yep nope i i'm my advertisements on the field he he's that's my spokesman for my car dealership or whatever it might be and now i don't need to purchase you know I, it makes me think of the, the old Valpac first down at the for those of you that exactly. used to go to the UNO games back in the day. Yep. There ain't going to be no Valpac first downs anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's, oh, I, you never even heard my name, but this kid is on all my commercials now. Yep. And Well, he doesn't even have to be on the commercials anymore. That's True. That's kind of the thing about uh, the pay for play. I don't, I don't say NIL for the only way I say NILs is that it means uh, now it's legal. But it's um, the PFP. Pay for play. That's what it is. I don't <laughs> care what anybody says, but you know, I don't necessarily hate it, but I think it's fucked up the way it's set up. So, yeah, I'm not saying the players don't deserve it, but it's uh, it's gotten out of control fast. Man, the the college football landscape has been in cahoots with the NFL for a long time to make college football essentially the feeder program, the minor leagues for the NFL for free, for free. Yeah, well, that, that's the for, big thing for free on the player side of things. Well, I'm just saying for the N- the NFL, they don't have to pay anything for their yeah. for their minor league system. That's the big thing. It's going to change a little bit, I think. I, the NFL ain't going to pay anything. Yeah, but don't you think that at some point teams are going to start going, "Wow, I'd really rather this kid who's coming out of high school who I I'm looking at, you know, 3-4 years from now as a really good quarterback prospect. I'd rather him go to this school A instead of school B." So I'm going to pony up for him to go over here because I like this coaching staff better, and you mean I think it will be coached up better. You mean an NFL team doing that? Yeah, why not? No, no, no. no. You don't think so? No. I just I, I feel like there's no end to where this rabbit hole can go. No, because the thing is, you, you can't guarantee that that's who you're going to draft. No, I it's, totally get It's that. not like they're coming out of college and it, they're a free agent and you can try to sign them. Yeah, I mean, I get that's, you. you. I mean, the Ravens aren't going to pay for – Let's say uh, that Arch Manning, who's coming up uh, in a year or so. Hell, Dylan Rayola. Everybody talked about Dylan Rayola. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Ravens. Not that the Ravens need anybody. I, just, that, I don't know why that came up into my head, because I should have said the Titans, because we need a quarterback. Um, <laughs> what do you mean, man? You drafted one? Like you I drafted said, one and you have one? Yeah, a guy that's going to is a project for four or five years. Cool. And Tannehill doesn't want to tutor him? Well, Tannehill's done after this year anyway, so I'm not. Like I said, we need a quarterback. But, for instance, Tennessee, they need a quarterback. So they're not going to pay Ohio State, where Rayola just committed to, to get Rayola to go to Ohio State. And then the Jaguars in a couple of years, when Trevor Lawrence is done, they get the first pick, as they do every year. Yeah. Then they're going to take him. So what is, what is what is Tennessee's benefit of paying to, trying to get a p- player to a certain school? I suppose. I don't know. I, I just... I feel like you could spitball and that thing could go any direction on that. Absolutely. I'm not trying to say that your idea is absolutely asinine. I'm just because, but that's the whole point of how this has escalated to the level that it has to make people just go, I don't know. Anything's probably possible. <laughs> who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit, The Rock has a uh, minor league football league. So who the hell knows? Everybody, yeah. anybody can do anything, I guess. It'll be interesting to see what happens. What do you want to tackle first, man? I know that I, I know I threw some stuff at you. I wanted to talk some new coaches. Obviously, the transfer portal's been huge. Recruiting, you know, I mentioned the spring game. I wasn't looking at breaking down the spring game, but more just yeah. like, what was your take on it? Uh, I, it was what I glorified practice. I get that. Well, that's what it's always been. Uh, glorified scrimmage. Um, you know, a lot of people came out of it with wringing their hands as far as it wasn't a real football game, blah, 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 all these, because it was touch and whatever else. It's like, the thing is, whether you like it or not, that's just the way it is in college football now, because if you, if you watched or even, you don't have to watch the whole thing, just tune into a handful of other spring games like I did. I, I watched a little bit of, like, I think South Carolina's, Ohio State's uh, was a week after Nebraska's, I believe. Uh, pretty much everybody's doing at least like the first half, two-hand touch, basically, football. 
Um, and then the second half running clock with a bunch of scrubs that you're, if you see on the field during the regular season, that means a lot of injuries happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm not outraged by it. It's just the way it is. The glorified scrimmage is just a money grab to get people into the stadium, at least at Nebraska, because there's some places that don't charge anything. Um, hell, there's some places that don't even have a spring game like Iowa doesn't because they know that three people will show up and it's not worth it. So <laughs> whatever. But um, that's I don't think I've even realized that Iowa didn't do a spring game. Nope, they don't. Has that been forever or is that just It's, it's been a while. Is it? Well, I mean, do they have their 15th practice be a scrimmage and probably all those things? Probably. But they don't have, like, this advertised, like, hey, everybody come over and all that jazz. No. Got it. So it was just, it was another, it was, it was another, I don't even want to say it was another practice because it was barely even that. Um, It was just another way for players to get reps in front of a crowd um, and the money to, or the, uh, the university or the athletic department, not even the university, the athletic department to get a little bit of cash and for a bunch of recruits to be able to see the atmosphere that Nebraska can give them if they want to come here. That's all it was. Yeah. It's it's just a dog and pony show. I wish we would have had it's the one thing like for me as far as spring the spring practice went. I wish we would have had a more of an opportunity to see some of the transfer guys that we've seen come mm-hmm. in and some of them signed obviously three or four of the big ones have signed after that. Um but I wish we would have gotten to see a little bit more of them, yeah. and that just because it would have got things a little bit more exciting. Well, I mean, see some of the new opportunity. Like Casey Thompson, he threw like four pat. What was it? Four passes the entire time. Something like that. Three, yeah. The three series that he was in. Um, Chuba Purdy was hurt most of spring practice, so you weren't going to see much, if any, of of him. Um, obviously, those would have been the two biggest guys that people wanted to see. Uh, you got Trey Palmer. Um, but as far as most of the defense, you're mainly what you're talking about. The guys that came in were mainly the defensive line guys that came in well after the spring game. So we weren't able to see them no matter what. Um, but hell, not even just the new guys. There was a ton of offensive linemen that were down. Yeah. Uh, two of our biggest offensive linemen didn't didn't participate in spring with Prohaska and Cochran. Um, well, Prohaska's still. Yeah. Um, his was ACL, right? Yep. Is he even going to be ready for the beginning of the season? Well, uh, it's a lot. I've heard there's a possibility that might, we might have to wait till the Oklahoma game. Um, so four games in. Um, After all this who, who offseason shakeup in Oklahoma, I'm not. I'm not as fearful about that game anymore. Yeah, Oklahoma's. <laughs> oh, they're still going to be good. I think they'll still be good, but Jesus, did they lose a lot of guys? Yeah, but so did we. I mean, True. I know. I know we gained a bunch, just specifically on the defensive line. I know we gained a lot, but yeah, we lost a ton of experience. Hell, not even just the defensive line. The the secondary, we lost three of our four secondary guys. Yeah, um, and those guys were like the backbone of our defense. So, I want to. I want to know who's going to be the next Cam Taylor Britt for us. I think it's going to be Quentin Newsom, and Quentin Newsom played really well last year. I mean, he continually got better and better as the season went along last year, and it, nobody talked about him, which was fine. But nobody. But that ta- was because we were all talking about Cam Taylor Britt. Exactly, because because <laughs> you know, well, when we talked about Cam Taylor Britt at the beginning of the season for all the wrong reasons, yep. not not just the Illinois game, but he just he really turned that around though, man. He did. It was about the Michigan game, Michigan State game, maybe, um, where it was like, okay, I see what you're doing. You're Finally coming back to the Cam Taylor Britt that we know and, and expect. Then, and then the Michigan game is when it really, the light turned Erupted, on. Yeah. yeah. You think his draft stock would have been significantly improved had he been good bell to bell? I don't know because he was playing so well. I, I don't know that it really, I think, I think if he would have played better even last year, um, 2020 season, because he didn't play very well that season either. Yeah. Um, I think that's more what probably hurt him. And then starting off uh, those, the 2021 season the way that he did probably turned a lot of people off as far as paying attention to him. And then you get towards the end of the season and everybody starts talking about this Cam Taylor Brick guy. And they're like, wait a second, he actually started playing good? You know, a lot, a lot of people probably <laughs> turned it off. Yeah. Like, you know, just thinking, oh, he's fallen off completely. And Well, and being on a three-win team. Yep. It's kind of hard to get scouts to come out and see you. Hundred percent. We got lucky to have some some nice primetime style games and some bigger headline games that probably really drove some of that for for a couple of those guys. Yeah. Well, 
and not that not saying that this was on Cam Taylor Britt, but then you get a game like the Ohio State game, and yes, we kept it close and whatever else, but when you have a, one of their wide receivers go for what like three hundred and something, three twenty nine or something whatever, like that, yeah, whatever he had. Uh, I don't care who's who you technically have guarding him. Um, that's not going to look good. Like you're just automatically no. going to be like, oh, that whole secondary <laughs> sucks. Yeah, but nope, that's not going to look good at all. No. But luckily, I mean, I was I was glad to see him get drafted. I was kind of shocked at how high up Cam Jurgens went. Just you know my you know, know my distaste for Cam Jurgens. But then that interview that um, Jason Kelsey did. Yep. When it was basically like he basically said, "I it, it was him. it was when Cam Jurgens was getting drafted." That yeah, he was. Yeah, that's right. He was yeah. in the middle of it. Yep. And he basically was like, "Yeah, I handpicked him." Yeah. I'm like, I, I mean, that's pretty fucking he, cool. He handpicked the guy to take his spot. Yeah. That's that says a lot about Jason Kelsey. <laughs> I mean, it really does. I mean, hell, you, you referenced some, it earlier. Some serious self awareness for a guy who's in the twilight of his career. But you mentioned it earlier with my Titans and Ryan and Tannehill being like, "I ain't mentoring this Malik Willis. Screw that guy." Yeah. Well, Jason Kelsey's like, "Bring it, come on, I'll do what you need to do." Once like, he's good enough, he can have my spot. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that that was really cool though. It, it was, and and I I will give it up to him. He played a hell of a lot better this year than he had the previous years, and yeah. A lot of that was just reps, I think. Yes. I think it was a lot of – he just needed actual game time under center to get calm and confident. It also didn't help that the guy he was throwing the ball to or hiking the ball to wasn't calm and confident all the time either. No. So, who knows, man. We'll never know what uh, what actually went on there, but I'm glad to see guys actually getting drafted again and actually yep. moving on. Yep. Those, those couple years where we went with no dudes going. Yeah. Embarrassing, or even just the one in the seventh round, and that nobody pays attention to, and which Texas didn't even get this year. Yeah, BT Dubs. That's, that's cool, <laughs> but neither did Nebraska a couple years ago in Scott, no, I get in Scott Frost's first year, just, just like, like Sarkeesian in his first. I year. I just like talking shit about. I get Texas. it, and I'm not. You know. you know me. I'm not defending Texas by any <laughs> means, but we can't really say it too loud when that was Sarkeesian's first year. And at, we took a couple of their guys this at, year. After Frost's first year, he didn't get anybody drafted either. So it's kind of like. Yeah, we can laugh at Texas, and I'm all for that. But at the same time, maybe not laugh too loud. The th- that's the thing about it, though, man. It, Nebraska and Texas have been in a very similar place over the last decade. Well, as bad as we all know that Nebraska's been, record-wise specifically, if you look at the win-loss records, we're pretty much even with Texas. Yeah, it's wild. So Texas hasn't been, ha- Texas has been garbage, too. And it's crazy to me that... I always just thought to myself, Texas is going to be Texas, regardless of who their coach is. They should be. I did not realize how much Mac Jones or Mac Brown was doing for that. Oh, yeah. That's that's cool. I mean. Recruiting-wise, But what he's been able to do at North Carolina, too. It's because he's a recruiter. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Jimbo Fisher is that way. Jimbo Fisher is a great recruiter. He's a bad coach. James Franklin is a great recruiter. Bad coach. I mean, you can win a lot of games. By getting great talent. Now, can you win the games that you have to when you have to and, and bring home trophies? That's a whole other obstacle that a lot of these coaches need to have. I understand Jimbo Fisher has a big trophy. He does. But, but he also had a generational player named Jameis Winston. Yeah. Mac Brown. And, and a little talent around him. Yes. But Mac Brown had a, has a big trophy. He had a generational talent, probably the top three quarterback of all time in Vince Young. Yeah. I mean... Uh, James Franklin has a Big Ten title, but he also had a generational talent in Saquon Barkley. Who's getting absolutely ruined in the, in the NFL. Yes, but... <sighs> I hate teams that ruin superstar players like that that were ready to play out of college. Yeah. It's terrible. Yep. We'll see what happens with uh, uh, Parsons down in Dallas. We'll see how bad they, they treat him. <laughs> uh, he's kind of good. No, I know he's he's fantastic. I just hope it doesn't get wasted and screwed up by Dallas. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like what the Giants are doing to Saquon. Yeah. Or, you know, what the Lions have done to every single good player they've had over the last two decades. Well, or ever. <laughs> or Not ever. Just yeah. two decades. I mean, they, what they do with Barry Sanders. Yeah, no shit. Or Megatron. Or <laughs> just. Yep. Yeah. I do love. Have you seen the AT&T commercial with Matthew That's, Stafford? I 
laugh it's every my, time. It's my favorite commercial I on TV. Maybe one of my top five favorites ever. It's so good. <laughs> so you mean that you can have a phone <laughs> for 12 years and love it, love every minute of it, and then you trade up, and it doesn't mean that you don't love that old phone, but it instantly is a success? Ah, okay. And he kind of looks at the camera and is like... Just gives it a big old wink. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yes, it's so good. Uh, it's for all those Lions haters on him now. Yeah, no kidding. How's Jared Goff working out for you? Sure. <laughs> His name is Jared Goff. The giraffe, as Matt likes to call him. Nice. Well, man, we kind of alluded to it a little bit on the Texas side of things. I am, uh, I'm a big fan of Casey Thompson coming over. I like the Trouble Purdy pickup just because it was somebody that I know Whip was looking at in pit already. Because mm-hmm. he had gone down and seen him before he took the Nebraska job. Yeah. Um, I don't know as much about him as I know about Casey Thompson now. But I'm excited about having more than one guy in the quarterback room. That's a big thing, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how much of a competition it really is. Um, Maybe not this year. Yeah. Well, I don't know that Casey Thompson. I know Casey Thompson has two years, but I don't think he's going to be here after this upcoming year. So who knows? You think he's an NFL guy? I think he's a one and done at Nebraska, yeah. Um, But... You have guys like a Chubba Purdy who has four years left. Um, you have uh, Torres, the new recruit that we had coming in. I know everybody's going to want to talk about Heinrich Harburg as if he's going to do something. Um, Logan Smothers, it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Who the hell knows how he's going Which to do Which was kind of surprising, I thought. I don't disagree, but you know if... But maybe he didn't have... Maybe there was nobody out there that wanted him. Or he, or he just wanted to stay. I mean, could be. Who, who knows? Uh, but if if Mark Whipple is the quarterback guru that we think he is, uh, and that he has been in the past, who knows what he can do with Logan Smothers? I mean, Logan's still got a handful of years left. He's got, I think, three years left. He's still just a sophomore. So I mean, he's been here six years already, but he's still just a sophomore. <laughs> but that's the COVID stuff. So, but do you think he? He even holds a candle to Chubba Purdy when it comes to long term. I, I just, honestly, I don't know that I can answer that question. I mean, especially when Purdy's kind of a dude that whip, whip, yeah, handpicked. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say if if it came down to those two, Purdy probably has the upper hand. But who knows how development might go? Well, he was a he was kind of a, one of the higher ranked quarterbacks in that class, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was like 126 in that 2020 class. His his recruiting class. Chubba overall, yeah, number okay. one twenty six in the class. Which for a quarterback, it's it's not a top five or ten quarterback, but no, that's, but that's we're also not going to get a top five or ten quarterback. No. so it'd be nice if we could get Raiola to come here. <laughs> Don't see that happening. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Even no. though his uncle's coaching the offensive line for him, cool. Uh, no, he was never coming here. Has he committed somewhere? Yeah, Ohio State. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Now, granted. He committed, and he's going into his junior year of high school. Yeah, he's so got he has two time. years. I mean, it's not like he might also get hurt, and they don't want him anymore. Who knows? Absolutely. I mean, there could be a lot that changes, but I still don't see him coming here. Yeah. Hey, man, maybe we'll make a run at the Final Four this year, and he'll change his mind, just like Michigan did last year. Uh, Final. Come four. on, man, let's do it. Final Four of what? <laughs> Fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. If you were here, you'd see me looking bashful. <laughs> we're uh, we're actually tossing around the idea of getting video to do YouTube for these moving forward once the season starts. If you have an opinion on that, let us know. For those of you that know what we look like, you might be saying, definitely don't do that. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. You're doing that push-up challenge thing, man. I need to get on that. Absolutely. I'm crushing it right now, so... What are you up to, like 60,000 some or something on the year? Uh, I'm over 26,000 right now. Your target is 60,000. My target is 60,000, but I'm on pace right now to do about 75,000. Damn. So, yeah, I'm I'm kicking ass. Your shoulders and your arms, man, they're looking big. (laughs) I'm telling you, you're looking big. I'm doing it. It's no longer just a forearms for the mailman kind of thing. No, not at all. Well, what are your thoughts on on the rest of the transfers out there? We talked about the quarterbacks. I mean, when you look at just to name off a couple guys, we get that Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, Trey Palmer, DeAndre Jackson. We got Kevin Williams nope, and DeAndre, Hunter Anthony. DeAndre, DeAndre Jackson is not coming here anymore. 
Well, what happened there? He, he's that running back from Texas A&M, but he was always a guy that was kind of a teetering as far as uh, his grades. Um, and he oh, went, he got told no. Basically, yeah. Well, there's that then. Yeah. He's, uh, he's what, no longer. What's the coming. kid? What's the kid that we got from uh, TCU? O'Shawn Mathis. Mathis, that's right. Okay. I thought you were going to stick with offense for right now, but my bad. No, you're good. No, I'm thinking about the running back that was going to go to TCU that we got to come up here. Uh, I can't remember. Was he a the JUCO guy or the? I think he was a JUCO guy. Okay, yeah. the, well, the JUCO is Anthony Grant, but I don't know about him going possibly going to TCU. Anthony Grant's the one that you're saying you think is probably going to start. I th- I think he's the starter. Why? And, is and, that? and I love Ramir Johnson. I've loved Ramir Johnson from day one when he got here. Um, you so picked him for a lot of our shit last year. I did. Uh, it's just a lot of just all the news that keeps coming out talks about how hard he runs. I know we weren't really going to. Uh, but is he two thirty? Uh, <laughs> no, he's two ten. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Ted Nugent. And that number was 220, not 230. Oh, 220, my bad. Uh, but six foot, 220. <laughs> and he's not six foot either. But I know we were kind of downplaying the uh, spring game, and justifiably so. And I know Anthony Grant had that long touchdown run that was 40, 50 something yards. Yeah. But again, it was a situation where. Some people thought he got touched in the backfield and maybe he should have gone down, and then they suddenly changed the rules and said, just keep running. Um, But just all of the news that kept coming out of spring ball, not just spring practice, but in general, was how he's picking up the offense, how hard he runs, and how much they like the style of the way he runs. Um, Just kind of tells me that Grant might have the inside track, but this is definitely going to be a running back by committee situation yeah and it's been that way since frost came well it's been that way early and then as the season goes on suddenly one guy always emerges it's because there's a slew of injuries or you know court case or deciding to transfer after four weeks in i mean we've had a stellar stellar track record of getting rid of running backs (laughs) one way or the other good bad or ugly that's we we think you might be able to start, but you should probably get the fuck out. Yeah. No, I, yeah, there's various different reasons as to why, as the season goes on, we settle in on one running back. Sometimes it's by force. Sometimes it's by choice. Um, I mean, hell, you had uh, Dedrick Mills was kind of by choice, by force because, or by choice, sorry, because of how well he was playing. Um, Ramir Johnson was probably more by force than by choice, considering... They even admitted that Ramir Johnson was like fourth or fifth on the depth chart coming into the season last year. Um, I find it hard to believe that you're going to move all the way up to number one, not by some sort of force, Uh, which we did have some injuries with Gabe Irvin uh, tearing his ACL and stuff like and just other guys just didn't play well. Um, So I'm not trying to say that Ramir Johnson didn't earn his spot because he definitely played well enough to, but... You don't move up like that when you're going into the season, week one, sitting at four or five, and then suddenly are the man. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I don't know, man. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. I really hope that we can identify a guy that's going to be a at least first and second down back. Yes. And get a decent rotation going. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much of this. Okay, just next man up because we don't have any we, like we don't have any way of keeping somebody on track. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see? Um, oh crap! His name is escaping me right now. Captain went the wrong way on plays all the time last year. When he was on the field, he was explosive. But oh, step. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 Not step. Um, I think he was number zero. Oh, Yant. Yeah. 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 I mean, is he, I mean, yeah. is he is he is he going to be anything this year? Is he going to get a chance, or is he kind of getting dumbed out? I mean, everybody talks about the weight that he lost, which is real. Yeah, it was kind of weird because everybody talked this off season about he weight, lost all this weight and he's down to like two thirty. It's like, but that's what he was during the season. He Did he, he so, pump up after the season got over. I don't know. <laughs> I I was just very confused by all of that talk about him how much weight he lost. 
because going into the season, remember when uh, Frost talked about this like three weeks into the three or four weeks into the season, where they finally put Yant out onto the uh, field. They were he was saying that the reason Yant hadn't played much uh, the last few weeks, or at least all season, was because he came into the season weighing like 250, 255. And they told him, we're not playing you until you lose 20, 25 pounds. And then he did, and then they started playing him. So clearly he lost the weight, and now suddenly people are like, oh, he now he lost all this weight and whatever. So I, I don't know, I was just very confused by the whole hype around him supposedly losing weight in the spring. But I don't know. I just felt like last year watching all of our running backs, he felt like the most naturally explosive dude that we had back there. Mm-hmm. But you also watched him run the wrong way on so many plays, and he kept getting yanked off the field. Yeah. Yeah, going to do that. No. <laughs> and keep playing. <laughs> nope. No, not at all. That's why I was wondering. I mean. Yant will get yanked. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I feel like those those guys, if they just get a little more time in the system, mm-hmm. that stuff starts to fix itself. Except, Some, n- except now he has a new system. Well, he's got a new system-ish, right? Yeah, I mean, they keep trying to say that they're blending the two together and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's If you're going to give Whipple the offense, then give him the offense. But I agree with that. That's not what's going to happen, so... I mean, they've already talked about how he is control. Whipple is controlling the passing game, and Frost is controlling the running game, and Frost really wants to run the ball. It's like, then how's that going to work? But yeah, but Frost isn't calling plays. I understand Frost that. Frost is just running, running, but, running. But if the head practice. coach says run the damn ball, then you better call running plays. That's that's one of those things that I feel like. It was definitely contingent. His job was contingent on him giving that stuff up. I agree. At least that's what we've heard. That's what we've been told by inside sources. Yep. Um, How serious is it? That's my question. Like, is this like a, oh, I saw you grab the playbook? No. Go to the locker room. (laughs) Like, how serious is the situation? Well, and I've said it a thousand times. Like, I understand. Let's just say that he gives up the entire offense. But what happens if it's another bad season? And we all know that his job is on the line this year. Uh, at, at what point is Frost going to be like, you know what, if my ship's going down, I want the wheel. I get that. Or is he going to say, throw his hands up and say, hey, you took the wheel away from me. You can't blame me for this. But he's going to get, bl- I mean, he's still, oh, the, I know he's he's still the head. So that's just. I just don't see a, a world in which Whipple would have come here without a guarantee that Frost is not going to step in and fuck with his shit. Well. I, I, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, no, I agree. That that's why but Pitt was in a way better fucking spot than we are right now for him to just leave. Well, and he ap- was getting notoriety and everything. Not after losing your Heisman Trophy. No, I get that candidate, but, but he's he's also he also doubled his salary coming here. So well, there's that yes. a guy in the twilight of his <laughs> exactly. career. Exactly. I mean, uh, we both said we thought that's what Mike Riley did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't really give a shit. I'm gonna just take the payday and we'll roll with the punches. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. And Mike Riley's in the playoffs <laughs> of the USFL right now. Man, he's been an amazing, <laughs> an amazing. How many great cups does he have? He's got, I think, two. Yeah, he's been an amazing minor league football yeah. coach. And he wasn't terrible with the Chargers. He wasn't great. I'm not trying to. Yeah, he wasn't great. He wasn't garbage, though. I mean. But, I mean, his like his niche was Canadian football yeah. league. Like, yeah. minor league football. Let's do that. Yep. I would have stuck to that the whole time. Yeah. Hey, Maybe there's not any money in it. I don't know, but well, probably not. that Canadian dollar probably doesn't go far enough for you for him. <laughs> Maybe he didn't like getting giving up sixty percent of it to the government. <laughs> who knows? Let's not go political. No. Um, but I mean, who else in the transfer portal did you want to talk about? Well, just sticking with the offense right now, I wanted to get your opinion. I mean, I kind of know your opinion, but a guy that I don't, I have, I'm not buying the hype yet. I gotta see it. On who? Trey Palmer. That's all anybody wants to talk about. When when you bring up the wide receivers, who's the first name that you hear? Yeah. Uh, from anybody. Trey Palmer, Trey Palmer, Trey Palmer. I don't I, have, I don't I don't understand it. I don't have enough information on him to really have like to give you a like legit oh, this is what I think of. I'm really excited, blah 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 blah. 
I just I don't know enough about his background. I don't know enough about what he's done mm-hmm. to to make an opinion. And I also am halfway petrified to do so because of the fact that you look at a guy like Omar Manning, who was touted similarly, number one came ju- in, JUCO wide receiver, yeah, came in and essentially wasn't able to play at all his first season. Yeah, second season for various reasons. Yeah, not all under his control. Nope. But some of it is. Absolutely. And then since then has also struggled to stay on the field, has struggled to stay involved in the offense that's being called. Yep. Last year I felt like having a guy like Samari Toure who came in, had been successful where he was, kind of took that be the number one guy pressure off of him and showed him, you know, a little upperclassman leadership, things like that. I thought that sort of – you could sort of start to see that was helping him throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Which also makes me wonder what's going to happen this year. Now that he's back to being one of the old dogs in the room and doesn't have somebody to look up to. Yeah. Well, not just old dogs, because I think him and, like, Trey Palmer are the same as far as class-wise. But experience just being here. Maybe not experience in the offense, because obviously it's different for everybody. Yeah. No no matter what kind of blend it is, it's still going to be a different offense for everybody. But... Uh, just knowing the landscape, knowing uh, the majority of the coaches specifically. Uh, I mean, how Trey Palmer has a little bit of an upper hand, knowing the receivers coach uh, much better than anybody else does on that team. Um, I just, I understand the hype around Trey Palmer as a kick returner. Uh, I don't know that a guy that had has 41 catches in his three years at LSU, for, and only three touchdowns. Um, I don't know that that's a guy that's like I'm going to look at and say, oh, yeah, he's our number one wide receiver coming into this year. Um, the good thing I would say is that he catches he catches the balls that are thrown to him. Um, he's got a 60% catch rate on the targets that he has. Um, that's better than some of the other transfers that have come in here, uh, like Garcia Castaneda, who I love. Uh, I got it written down here wherever I got Cartsy and Nato. Well, the other thing, too. He's at 45% as far as catching his targets. So, I mean, he's he can be sure-handed. I just don't know that he's going to go from a guy, a spot guy as far as a wide receiver for three years at LSU to the guy here at Nebraska. I just don't know. Well, I mean, you also got to look at the talent pool that was there. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, there there was some extreme talent on the on that LSU, on those LSU teams. One hundred percent. The other thing, he's still with Mickey Joseph, mm-hmm. going into his third year with Mickey Joseph. I think if you fourth, have fourth. or fourth year, excuse me, if you have the natural ability that's there, and you just needed that coaching, who knows? Maybe going into the fourth year is going to change things for him. Maybe a change of scenery and. Some other things, some other factors. Maybe that maybe that was at play in, in LSU that we don't know about. And also an offensive coordinator that is a passing coordinator. That'll help too. Yeah, like like I said, I'm not I'm not hating on Palmer. I'm not hating on anybody that wants to buy the hype of, of Palmer. Yeah, I just need to see it first. I'm gonna be really one place I am really excited about him in is in the kick return game. Yes, we haven't had a fucking returner for. I mean, if I think back. Domorne personnel before the knee injuries was probably mm-hmm. the last true like, oh, absolutely. electric returner we had back there to catch balls. Yeah. You know, it's, he's one of the most electric returners we've ever had. Oh yeah. But I mean it's felt since him, it's kind of felt like my Patriots when it comes to the return game. Yeah, it's I don't give a shit. I just need to make sure you catch the ball. Absolutely. And it'll be nice to have somebody back there that maybe you know, shake and bake a little bit. I we need somebody to <laughs> I, honestly, I need to a win a fucking positive <laughs> kick return over under at some point. <laughs> I, yeah, I need, I need to know, like, that first game, do I do the, like, five yards or do I bump it up to the 15 or whatever? I think we set it at zero and just, just go. <laughs> Is it going to be negative or are we going to have any yeah, returns at all? Exactly. That's, you know, that's all last year was, so that's just the way it goes. Shit, man. I don't know. Well, do you want to go to the defense? Yeah, do it. Because obviously that's the biggest talk as far as specifically the defensive line. You know, it's funny because I remember not long after the spring game, 
there was all of a sudden this string of like two or three weeks where I felt like it was either one one of one of us was messaging back and forth going another defensive you line see down. that another one down another one down yeah and we were both kind of panic mode I was just kind of like all right I don't know I'm not, I wasn't 100 percent checked in on what was going on with that stuff and usually you don't like to talk recruiting you don't like to no. talk off season stuff too much but this off season is just so much crazier than we've ever experienced yeah. It was interesting to me then we we sit we saw some of them we were like okay he doesn't make sense why he's leaving with the lack of depth there with with Casey Rogers yeah it it didn't make sense and then all of a sudden you start to see these dudes transferring in and you start to see some of this take shape of what's happened over the last couple months I'm not mad about it now. No. I look at it now and I'm like, oh, they were just, they were clearing the cupboards so that they could bring in some bigger boys. Well, I don't know that they cleared. I, I think that they would have preferred to keep a lot of those guys. Uh, just as backup, yeah. Well, they would have liked to keep them as starters, as potential starters, because we lost so much already. Whether those guys left or not, we were already losing a ton. Yeah. You know, with uh, Damian Daniels, Ben Stilley, uh, guys like that leaving those those were big losses for us no matter what sure but then when you add in a jordan riley and a casey rogers and a deandre deandre thomas that was another one of the big ones that transferred out that was just like oh boy those were guys that were supposed to be able to step in and previous to the big the big three guys that came in we had lost 74 percent of the defensive line snaps from last year that was scary as fuck. <laughs> I mean, we had like s- you were you were definitely panic mode. Absolutely, uh, we had six or, we had six or seven guys yeah. on the defensive line. Yeah, that was that were potential to come into the. That's not enough on in the Big Ten. No, that's not even remotely close to being enough. So yeah, I, justifiably so, I was freaked out because that was not going to go well <laughs> whatsoever. But I think they did a nice job recovering. I mean, we'll find out. It would have been really nice to be able to have these guys uh, in the system to be able to go through a spring practice uh, yeah. rather than kind of a crash course. Um, obviously, O'Shawn Mathis is uh, second team all Big Ten con- or Big Eight or blah, 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 Big 12 conference. It's 1985, folks. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, well, if it, that was true, then TCU wouldn't have been in that conference. But yeah. Nope. Um, so, I mean, that's great, but. The other guys that they brought in, those are guys that, yeah, they got potential and they came from a big school like Alabama. I was going to say, what do you think about that kid from Alabama? That's great, but, you know, I don't want to crack him for not being able to get on the field because Alabama kind of has some good players. Um, well, yeah, and, and when, you're, when you're a defensive lineman playing at Alabama, A, you're coming in as you were probably the best guy on your team mm-hmm. when, you, when you came in to Alabama. And you were playing probably every snap. Some schools, you might have been playing both sides of the ball. It's it's like a college star going into the NFL. Yeah. Well, but even a little bit different because at Alabama, even the top five-star guys that come in and they start right away, they might start, but they're only going to play half the snaps. Mm-hmm. They rotate so many guys in and out. Of there, they'll be lucky to get half the snaps. And so I think that if you're a guy like him that wants to play more, that really wants to be able to step up and shine – I, I think that's why he might have wanted to get out of Alabama. Not that he was getting on the field that much. No. But. And so, obviously, he's a high talent, all of those things, and that's great. And I'm not trying to say that just because one guy came in and couldn't do something, that means all guys of that talent caliber will come in and not do anything. I'm not trying to say that all at all, but just as a comparison, we got a transfer coming in from last year, uh, five-star defensive back from Ohio State, that Tyreek Johnson. Yeah. And that's great. Big talent, all those things. He couldn't get on the field to save his life last year. Yeah. So it's great to get those big-time talented guys. Is he still guys. here this year? Yeah. Is he going to play? I I don't think so, to be wow. honest. I mean, there's other guys. He'll probably, he might be a second-team guy, but he's not a starter. Wow. Um, But, I mean, so it's great to get – these guys, these high talented guys from these big boy programs like Ohio State or Alabama, but it doesn't mean it's a guarantee that they're gonna they're good enough to get on the field. True, and I totally get that. So, and that's that's the other thing about 
That's oh, well, they were, uh, you know, they were, like I said about Trevor Purdy, oh, he was on number 126 overall recruit in his class. That doesn't mean that much once you've been in college two years. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that is a decent scale to look at, but there's dudes that are taking taken in the seventh round of the draft that turn out to be superstars, and there's dudes that are taking number one in the draft that never pan out. Yep. But that's why when you when Stefan Wynn, Stefan, Stefan, I don't know how you pronounce your first name, but uh, when he committed and you texted me and you said, what do you think about this? I said, it's another body that we really need for the rotation. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like, oh, my God, blah, blah. You know. To it, me, though, I don't know. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the Patriot in me. I don't know. But to me, Nick Saban having wanted him makes him desirable. In Absolutely. My like it's 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 like Bill Belichick will go to the ends of the earth to find recruits or not recruits but find talent in Pro- the draft prospects. in prospects in different places than a normal spot to bring them in from. Mm-hmm. Like, like except your, for Alabama, like, like your offensive tackle draft. Yeah, who <laughs> <laughs> should have been a third rounder? I guess. Yeah, uh, supposedly we'll see what he turns yeah, out yeah, to be. Yeah. But I, you know, it's one of those in Bill we trust things. But when it comes to Bill, it's either. Like you look at you look at the big schools he actually drafts from. He does not take high picks from anybody that's not Georgia or Alabama for the most part. Yeah, unless they're an obscure place. Like that's a kid that's really overlooked, and I'm going to use this high pick on him because I want to make sure I get him. Yep. Like this year. I uh, the the one that I like the best is actually uh, Devin Drew between the two guys that they brought. Well. To specific defensive line, Oshan Mathis. I know he can be listed as defensive line, but he's more of an outside linebacker slash defensive line guy. He reminds me just watching his videos. Reminds me of Randy Gregory, Drew, yeah, or Oshan. Mathis. Okay, yeah, okay, from TCU. Yeah, he has the body like he reminds me of big, tall. He reminds me of Randy Gregory. Yeah, and as long as he doesn't have the pot problem Randy Gregory had, hell, he could be he could be somebody big. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the defensive line guys go, I like the Devin Drew uh, addition much more than I like the Win addition, uh, just because th- his experience. He played so many games at Texas Tech. Um, he played so many, a lot of snaps, all that stuff. The experience that he has a bring coming in here, I like that more than I necessarily like the Win addition. Not that I hate the Win addition, because just because the experience. I yes, get that. absolutely. It reminds his remind his coming in reminds me of when um, Darian Daniels came from Oklahoma State. Yep, he was a dude that wasn't like it wasn't like he was their superstar and he left to come to Nebraska because I'm gonna be somebody. Absolutely, he's just a dude that wanted to change the scenery. It seems like. Yep. Yeah, I, I think as far as any other additions, yeah, we got Tommy Hill uh, in, in the backfield. Uh, in the secondary, who will probably be the other starter next to Quentin Newsom. Um, he came in from Arizona State. Outside of that, I mean, I know we got another Alabama guy, Kane Williams, for a safety. I'm not. Is he even was was he even anywhere near the field in Alabama? No, I don't think so. No, he he played less. He didn't play like really at all. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. But I think the only other additions as far as the transfer portal guys go uh, is going back to the special teams is our place kicker and our punter, um, who everybody loves. And I was going to say, what do, you think about, what do you think about our kicking game? Well, I will tell you this. <laughs> our kicking game was better last year than we gave it credit for at times. It was? I mean, what, okay. Who were you watching? It was, it was, it, our special teams was... No, like, our special teams in general was which, terrible, That's yes. kicking game. Yes. I will tell you this. I know what his real name is, but I don't care. Our punter's name on this show, at least referenced by me, will be Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I don't care. I know it's Brian Buscemi, but it's Steve Buscemi. It's, it's just his, it's his kid, man. Oh, sure. Steve's too, Steve's too <laughs> old to play. <laughs> he, I think he ran out of eligibility a while ago. I do know that his nickname is, uh, is Boomshini instead of Boomshini. Boom Boomshini, huh? Because of how far is he a kicker or a punter? He's a punter. Punter? Yeah. Well, the last super highly touted punter that we got brought in here 
you like recall, Lightborn. Lightborn, yeah. yeah. That yeah, went that over did. so well. Yeah, but this guy has, this guy has experience from Montana. He was kicking bombs up at, for Montana. Been kicking since kicking's been kicking. I guess. The the uh, the place kicker, I'm not a big fan of his name because it just kind of depresses me. But um, it, it reminds me of the old uh, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh kicker, uh, Blewett. And that was just a terrible name for a, a kicker. Was it missed it? No, it's uh, Bleak Road. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. It's like, I mean, that's a bad omen, but he's yeah. a, he's a good kicker, so I, you know, whatever. Well, we'll see. What is our connection to bringing in these Montana guys? Uh, apparently, Samari Toure. That's <laughs> what no I mean, idea. though. Like, why couldn't we have gone and got Josh Allen when he was still there? Josh Allen wasn't at Montana. He oh, was he was at Wyoming. Yeah. Never mind. My bad. We played against him. That's right. That's right. When he was really young, but yeah, yeah. I think he was a sophomore that year. Feels good to be back on the mic, man. Feels good to be back doing this. I like it. No no matter how uh, stupidly positive you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, strap in, boys. <laughs> I, I I I truly I think it, obviously we're gonna do a preview show way yeah, in yeah, advance, yeah, yeah, but yeah. let's just hear it right now. Over or under six wins. Well, the Vegas over under seven and a half. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm asking you over or under six. Uh six, I would go the with the push. The push. Yeah. Okay. If you would have said six and a half, I would have said under. Conference-wise, who do you think that was bad last year is going to be good this this next year? Or not good, but better. Considerably better. Uh, I think, and this is painful to say, but I think Minnesota is going to be pretty good this year. Um, I know how we feel about Tanner Morgan, but they have their offensive coordinator from two years ago uh, back. Where the uh, hell did he go? He went to Penn State for one year. Kirk, Kirk Shiraka. Got it. Um, so he's back. So he knows Tanner Morgan. He knows an offense that can fit Tanner Morgan. Um, and they still have that Ottman Bell's wide receiver. They're going to get Mo yep. Ibrahim back from his Achilles injury. Um, they, we'll see if he's ever the same guy again. True. But uh, they do have to replace four of their five offensive linemen, which is going to hurt them. But uh, they also still have a very good defense coming back this upcoming year. I think Minnesota is going to be pretty darn good this year, at least in the West Division. Now, when I say pretty darn good, it's the West Division of the Big Ten. Sorry to, uh, to burst anybody's bubble, but it's not a great division. Nope. Um, Hasn't been for a bit. As it stands right now on whatever day this is, whatever time it is, uh, I would probably say I'm going to pick Minnesota to win the, our division. But Ooh. that that could possibly change. I mean, the as de facto the is closer. always Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin going to take a step back this year? I'm not, no, I mean they got to find a quarterback, but uh, obviously with Braylon Allen, that they're with their running game and the running back that they have, that they have every fucking year, you can never really count them out. Uh, the defense that they have with Jim Leonard, uh, you can never really count them out. What about Michigan State? Uh, well, they're in the other division. But oh, duh. my bad. No, but I mean they're got to replace a bunch of guys with specifically Kenneth Walker, so. Who really knows? Did he did he go to the Bills? Where did he go for sure? That sounds about right. I feel I, like he went to the Bills. I'm brain farting. Because I'm pretty sure when I saw that, I shook a little bit. Yeah. Because they haven't had a running back for the whole time they've that's had Josh I was just going to say, they need a that's running back. That's the one hole in their, in their offense. Yeah. And that's something, too, man. I think Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know that Patrick Mahomes is the same guy without Tyreek Hill. We'll find and out. I hope I not. Don't <laughs> think, I don't think as hard as they can try and as good as Andy Reid is at spotting talent, I don't think you can just instantly replace Tyreek Hill. I, I know that as Nebraska fans, we have a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans in our, our area Big and time. probably listening, but uh, I don't really care. I hope Patrick Mahomes is not the same guy with uh, without Tyreek Hill because <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs can burn in hell. Well, the point I was getting to there is – I, I I think AFC wise, it's the Bills have the next couple of years locked down. Personally. I think that it, it'll be unfortunate for the your Titans because by the end of the Bills being what the Chiefs have been basically for the last three years, mm-hmm. Henry's gonna be done. 
Oh, yeah. Because Henry's got, what, maybe a year, maybe two, two years left? Maybe two. Of being a truly dominant running back. If we I can mean, squeeze two years out of him, I'll be pretty happy. He's been a freak to this point, so who knows what will happen. Maybe he'll continue, but he's, what, 29? 30? Uh, something like that. Uh, he might be 28. 28, 29, something like that. Something like that. I, he, You just don't see, but you also don't see six three no <laughs> two forty five running backs that can six four run yeah. six four whatever yeah by the, the guy's way, a giant by the way Kenneth Walker got drafted by the Seahawks not the Bills oh I know the Bill that. I know I'm the Bills okay, drafted a, a pretty good running back but I'm brain farting on who it was well that makes me feel better yeah because <laughs> yeah. because the Seahawks don't have a quarterback no <laughs> they're gonna be bad this year oh, they're gonna God. be really bad this really year. bad yeah but, but so back to the topic at hand. Our division, uh, if you look all the way around, again, we we all know, anybody that listens to this, specifically the last year's uh, Minnesota preview, um, we don't think much of Tanner Morgan. But literally, he's probably the best quarterback in our division because so many you schools— You say that even considering Casey Thompson coming in, or you just say that because you don't know anything about Casey Thompson? It's not necessarily that I don't know anything. It's— all the all these other teams have new quarterbacks. Sure, that's fair. Either they either have bad, horrible quarterbacks, or they have new quarterbacks. Does Wisconsin have anybody this year? I mean, I mean, they went like basically from no one to. Yeah, I I don't know who they have. Right, I I know that they have a talented recruit, but he hasn't played because Graham Mertz was playing all last year. So, I mean, how he's able to, how this other guy's able to transition, I have no idea. Hmm. But again. You get that safety valve of a really good running back and offensive line, you're going to look better than maybe what you probably are. Yeah. But so who knows? But what I'm saying is going into the season of the knowns, uh, Tanner Morgan's probably the best quarterback in our division. Wow. Which is not very good. No, <laughs> not at all. It doesn't mean, but by the end of the season, he's going to be seen as the best. But going into the season. You think there's just a lot of unknown? Yeah. That's in in our division. There's a lot of unknown. I think there's yes. a lot of unknown about our team. Yes, I'm I'm excited to find that thing like our defense was last year. Mm-hmm. That is a pleasant surprise that turns out to be pretty darn good. Yeah, I hope that it's our quarterback wide receiver situation. Yes, but I hope it's our. Offensive I would also line. be really happy if it was the defense again, mm-hmm. um, because of how much we lost of them just being surprisingly good. Because like we both talked about. They're going to take a step back this year. At least we anticipate them taking a step yes. back this year due to how much we lost. Yes. We'll see how good Shenander actually is or if it was all just because we had so much tenure back there. Well, and and as good as uh, or at least as well touted as Phil Dawson is, our defensive line coach, uh, losing to Eody, how is that fully going to manifest itself? Because we all loved Tony to Eody. Yeah. And his energy. Yes. The energy he brought. What do you think is, speaking of line coaches, I've meant to touch on this. What do you think is going to happen with the guys we have in place now uh, with Rayola? I mean, again. Because we, I mean, we torched our offensive line all year last year. Yeah. Just, justifiably. Justifiably yeah. so. Yep. Um, well, four of them. Because Cam Jurgens played really well. Fair. As a unit, they were terrible. Yes. They couldn't block anything, and they had size on a lot of the groups they were playing against. Yep. Do you think he's going to actually be able to fix that? I mean... Have we heard anything again, about anything? Yeah, we, we, I've heard a lot of good stuff as far as the I know you know one that, really good, you know... I haven't talked to him in a lineman, while. So. It's been way, <laughs> way too long since I've talked to him. But um, I, I don't want to keep saying that it's all these unknowns, but it's just reality. I've heard a lot of really good ways that they practice, but how can it? Tra- how does it translate into a game? Yeah, I mean, having a new center is a big deal, especially a three-year starting center. So, I think th- I think the positive there is the fact that we don't have a quarterback set into the way that he's used to taking the ball from someone. Yeah, but. You know, and hopefully getting Prohaska back, not just completely healthy, because that's obviously first and foremost, but as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, to, because the way he was playing for the game and a half that he was the official starter, uh, he was playing really well. 
and for being a true freshman that he was last year. <coughs> and he's a big boy. Uh, he's a real <laughs> big boy. Real, I like to see big the big boy. boy. That's good. So, I mean, I, I, I hope that he is able to teach the physicality that they need. Like we said, get mean. Yeah. It's time to get mean. Yeah. I want to, like, especially on the offensive line, we saw a bunch of, forgive my language, but pussies out there last year. Absolutely. I mean, we don't need to see any more of that. We don't need to see dudes that are 6'6 getting driven back by guys that are, you know, underweight by 50 pounds and four inches. You, you know, now that I'm thinking more about the offensive line, another guy that wasn't horrible last year, he was actually re- pretty good and really good, is uh, the guard, Newelli. Uh He played really well. That's fair. Ne- next to Jurgens. Uh, our biggest weakness was our offensive tackles. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Uh, they looked weak. H- how? Not, j- not, just, not just from a skill perspective, but they looked weak. Yes. H- how, that, how that translates, what Rayola can teach these guys. Do you think we're going to see any size changing? Uh, in some of those guys now that no. the offense is changing a little bit? No. I, you know, that's one of the other things that a lot of people have been talking about lately is how many times, and I I want to say this coaching staff, which I understand that this coaching staff has now changed, but this, co- this uh, organization un- under Scott Frost, how many times it has changed what they're looking for in recruiting? When they first... True. When they first came in, it was, we don't have enough defensive backs. We don't have enough wide receivers. We're going to get a bunch of these little guys that we were able to play in Central Florida, the little scat guys. Yep. And then after the first year, they're like, oh, They realized boy, those dudes were getting beat to shit. Oh, boy, this is uh, big boy football in the Big Ten, very physical, and we need bigger guys. So year two, they were like, uh, let's get all these taller guys and big, you know all these other things. And then it has even then still evolved to – Hell, you bring in four new offensive coaches, so you're changing the offensive philosophy at least a little bit. So that's going to change some things. So it's like the continuity in what they're actually looking for hasn't been there either. And how much that has played a factor in what our record is, I mean, it's got it's pl- has to have played some sort of factor, but to quantify it, I don't know. Well, I'm excited. We need Either stability. That, that's the bottom line. We need stability in, in so many different ways. We need stability. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to be back doing this. I Wh- think Which, we'll... the funny thing is, I say we need stability, and I think that Frost should have been fired last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to not go there with that. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll own uh, it, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And, and you, it's not that you've changed that th- mindset no. either. But I also hope that he goes 12-0 this year. Yeah, it's it's not that you're hating on him. No, you hate him. You you're not hating on him. I'm just going off of you what still has want him happened. To be successful. Absolutely, I want him to be successful here. I would love to see him turn it around. I would too. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think that this is his best shot at it this year. Well, I'm saying this is his best shot at it from a standpoint of the coaches that he now has. It might be his him. last shot at it. Yeah, it might be. I mean, I could see him this year doing to so to follow up on that that I asked you before, over under six, I would go over there. Not just because Vegas is also throwing it over. I think from a standpoint of we don't know what the fuck we have. Yes. And we don't know what we're going to be playing. I'd rather be positive and think that it's going to be completely different than what we've seen because of how, and I know we hated saying this last year, how close we were for so much. We weren't, but okay. Statistically, so close to so many things that, you know, maybe Whipple being the offensive coordinator, maybe there being some more positivity from, you know, offensive line coaches, things like that, that could tip those scales and really, really make a huge difference and make those stats fall our direction. How how close are you really if you change out four of your five offensive coaches and your offense, the guy that calls the plays gets gives up the play calling? No, how, I get that. How close are you? It's that's a valid point. Because if you are truly close then you don't make all those changes. What if the main reason that you're not getting the play out of your offensive line that you should be getting from guys that size is because they don't believe in you, the head coach, because their coach doesn't like you? Oh, and vice versa. They don't like each other, but yeah. That's my point, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, 
Yeah. And I'm not saying that those changes were not justified. That's not what I'm trying to say at no, all. No, 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 no. But I'm saying that could be the difference that tips the scale. Yeah. If now you believe in what's happening in the direction that the program's going and you're no, you're no longer a nuisance. Everybody's rowing in the same direction. Yeah. Not well, to try nah, to use. Yeah, nope, come I'm on, not, man. No, no, no. But, but you know what I'm, <laughs> I know. I wasn't trying to go PJ Fleck. First, of, first you slob on the knob of the, no. uh, the quarterback and now you're going after PJ Fleck's no. stances? Come on, man. No, 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 no. But it. Okay. How about. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. No, I get that. I mean, yeah. they they clearly were not previously. No, I and I agree with you, but that's what that's my point is because you ask you ask the question how close are you if you have to get rid of four coaches? Well, if one or two or three or all four of those coaches were cancerous bits that were cutting out and now we're a healthy body, that that might be exactly what it was. Maybe that's that was fa- that's the fair. needed the needed diagnosis and treatment. Mm-hmm. So you said uh, that this could be his best shot. I would say that if he survives this year, next year will be his could be his best shot because having a year because we've talked about we talked about this I think on our last show about the new coaches and we new said systems, yeah well we said when you bring in new coaches like this I we believe that you should get two years with these coaches yeah but. At the same time, if you go under 500 for five consecutive years at a place like Nebraska, you deserve to be fired. I'm sorry, but you do. Um, granted, I think after four years, but whatever. Uh, if he can get a seventh year and a second year with these coaches, I, I truly believe that with these new coaches that something could start to go uphill. Um, Especially if one of these quarterbacks works out for Whipple yes, to be really taken off Absolutely. With. But I, I just don't know that they will get that second year to be able to do it. I hope they do. See, I'd rather be, I'd rather be hopeful. <laughs> like I said, I just said I hope that they do. So I am hopeful. Oh, yeah. I just don't know that the reality will be that way. How many days are we down to before kickoff? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. I knew you'd know that right off the top of your head. I actually looked it up before we started. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, man. This has been good. This well, has been fun. It'll be eighty-five for the next. Uh, 42 minutes. I was going to say, it's 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 going on 11.30 here. Let's go ahead and uh, yeah. call it a day, man. This has been so- good. Sounds good. Love it.